0: This is Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack. It's Friday. Weekend is almost here. we got a great program lined up for you, and we'll get started. We've been with Elisa Nelson and Anthony Morbeth all week uh, doing outstanding work down at the Capitol, this final legislative session uh, wrap-up here. And, uh, well, we didn't get a chance to talk with Anthony yesterday. We took up a lot of time with Elisa. So, um, as you just said right before we went on the air, uh, Anthony-centric. Uh, that's a great term. That's a great term. Let's focus on you. I love it.
1: <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it, Bill. It's uh been a very hectic week here at the Missouri Capitol and in the Missouri Legislative Session.
0: Uh, it has, and uh, we've got a couple different topics uh to cover. Let's uh, get into this. Start right away. Attempts to change the Missouri Constitution has been something that lawmakers have been working on for the past couple of weeks. Um, what is the initiative petition reform and what does it do?
1: So it, this has been brought up for the past couple of weeks. It relates to whether or not uh, we uh, lawmakers, we should make it harder to change the state constitution. So after previous Senate passage, the House passed a proposed ballot measure that's designed to require the support of 57 percent of the votes cast in order to change the Constitution. For clarity, the current minimum is 50 percent. The current threshold is a simple majority, has been that way since the state was created in 1821. Senate President Pro Tem Caleb Browden says he's trying to make it harder to amend the Missouri Constitution.
2: It is too easy to amend the Constitution, that, and that is, that is at the underlying element. I think anybody, at least from my perspective, I can speak for myself. I'm not trying to close the door on stuff happening via the initiative petition process. Um, you know, if you can get 58 percent of the state to say they agree with you, you probably deserve to have your thing uh, happen. Um, so this is the right middle ground.
1: All
0: right. So uh, what does this mean?
1: So, again, it's called initiative petition reform. So under this plan, several amendments previously passed by, including Amendment 3, which legalized recreational marijuana, would have failed because it received only 53 percent. See where I'm going with this? Uh, Additionally, abortion rights groups are looking to restore abortion access at the ballot box after the procedure was nearly banned in Missouri last year. The reason behind this bill is basically to raise the threshold for voters to pass citizen-led ballot measures or initiative petitions. And these initiatives, since basically 2018, have resulted in voters legalizing medical and recreational marijuana, overturning the right-to-work law, which would have prevented unions from requiring employees to pay union dues, and expanding. Medicaid eligibility. And to kind of echo what Senator Rowden previously said, you can make an argument that the Missouri Constitution has been too easy to change, depending on which side of the political aisle you lean on. But I would also argue that even though Missouri is a pretty right-leaning Republican state, there's also a lot of metropolitan urban areas here that vote further to the left. I would sort of call it a, a purple,
0: closer to a purple state, that is. Anthony, I, I take it not everyone approves the initiative petition reform.
1: No. A Democratic state senators, Carla May and Barbara Washington, say that Republicans are trying to silence the voters.
3: Sometimes, you know, public servants don't always get it right. And when they don't get it right, the people have the responsibility to check them, to put them in their, place. It is
4: their check and balance on us.
0: All right, she makes a good point, point. and that's just the Senate
1: side in the Missouri House of Representatives.
5: There's an old saying: if you put um, icing on dog poop, you don't have a birthday cake; you just have dog poop with icing on it. This is this silences the will of the voters; it makes it difficult for people to have their voices heard. <laughs>
0: that's a, that's an interesting analogy, but uh, <laughs> it's certainly, it's a, I mean, it draws a draws a pretty good picture.
5: I, I can yeah, see it. I
0: absolutely. see what he's I see what he's saying.
1: Yeah. And so some of these same people have framed this legislation as an attack on democracy, saying it takes away voters ability to directly participate in the democratic process. And also the ballot initiative would ask Missourians to allow only U.S. citizens to vote on ballot measures, even though state law requires voters currently to be U.S. citizens.
0: How likely is it that something like this would pass? So
1: um that's a good question it passed uh, both chambers it's currently still being looked at and um Based on what's happening right now, it could be sent to the governor for his signature. Um, I also wanted to mention that uh, I guess you could argue 57 percent is a happy medium. could be perceived as controversial, but looking at it from my perspective, previously it asked for a simple majority. This asks for a 57 percent majority. The House previously, before the Senate made changes to it, asked for a 60 percent threshold. And there are even some in the Missouri legislature that wanted, wanted that threshold to be 75 percent. Think of trying to get 75 percent of the state to approve of, for example, passing recreational marijuana. That would never happen. So I guess you could say 57 percent is a bit of a happy medium.
0: Yeah. I don't even know if you would find 75 percent People to pass a- anything. I, I don't know if we can no. get three-fourths of the state to agree on anything. Anthony Morbit at the Capitol. Um, it, listen, Kansas City uh, was spectacular uh, during the NFL draft and uh, looked great on TV, uh, a great presentation. And that was kind of a precursor to what's coming up in 2026 as Kansas City was chosen as one of the host cities for the FIFA World Cup. Um, this is going to be a huge event, Anthony.
1: Absolutely. And I got to tell you, just the excitement here in the Missouri capital, I, I can't put a word on it because uh, of, of what was happening with uh, the budget passing a week ago. But the 2026 World Cup comes here to North America, Mexico, Canada and the U.S. for the FIFA World Cup 2026. And I think that this is so incredibly exciting, not to mention how this will be the first World Cup to feature 48 teams and three host countries. But the fact that Kansas City is going to be one of the host cities with the games being played at Arrowhead Stadium is you can't put a word on how important and exciting that is speaking on behalf of basically everyone in this building i also appreciate the legacy kansas city has played to the overall sport of soccer in america being one of the founding cities to launch major league soccer in the 90s so before we go into the meat of this discussion today uh, on uh, this i wanted you to hear what senate appropriations chair lincoln huff had to say i want to put us at the best foot
2: forward ability as we're on stage worldwide we're different here in america right we like baseball and we like football But the sport around the world, quite frankly, is soccer. And when you bring in, you know, teams from all over the globe, we're going to be on stage. And I want to make sure that we have the necessary investments put in place to make that go as well as it can.
0: Yeah. And I would almost disagree with him a little bit. I mean, soccer is not far behind in terms of popularity. And, uh, you know, so many kids now, as they're growing up, picking up the sport. So it's um, it's not far behind from, from football and, and baseball, that's for sure. Uh, so Anthony, what is the Missouri legislature doing uh, about the FIFA World Cup?
1: So $50 million out of the budget that lawmakers have worked on will be appropriated to help Jackson County organize the games in Kansas City. And I also wanted to mention this is just out of the 2024 budget, so it's entirely possible that a year from now, more monies get appropriated out of the budget for the following year that gets worked on for the next legislative session. I just wanted to mention that because, again, lawmakers like Center Appropriations Chair Lincoln Huff emphasized the importance of this.
2: You know, I think I think one of the, the most amazing things that we're gonna see in the next couple of years, other than a lot of the investments that we've made, you know, around provider rates, things like that and teacher pay, Kansas City has a lot of good things going. And in twenty twenty six, I don't think there's a lot of people in this state right now that understand the impact of what the World Cup is gonna to do to not just that immediate Kansas City area, but that whole part of the state and for all of us.
1: Missouri Two Major League Soccer teams, one in KC and one in St. Louis. And in preparing to roll out the red carpet, Senator Huff had this to say.
2: So the investments that we made uh, in this budget in Kansas City, I think are gonna, they're going to return tenfold benefits in uh, the outlook and the perception of our, our state, our communities, being on a world stage for a month and a half
0: as those World Cup games go on have Have we worked at all with the state of Kansas? I mean I know it's taking place in Kansas City uh, has Kansas been a part of this at all or is this uh, is this just our baby i Can't necessarily
1: speak for the state of Kansas, but if I were to wager a guess, I would say that answer would be yes in some way, shape or form, because I know that when Kansas City was mentioned as a uh, host city for the 2026 World Cup, it received the support of basically all all of the surrounding states, including Kansas and Iowa and Illinois and, and the other states that border and surround uh, Missouri. So it would not surprise me at all, even though obviously Arrowhead is in the state of Missouri, not in Kansas. Yeah.
0: Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. I'll, I'll give you the final thoughts here on this segment. I wanted to close by mentioning the last
1: legislative session, Senate Bill 652 was signed into law by Governor Mike Parson, this in addition to receiving strong bipartisan support. It was sponsored by Democratic Senator John Rizzo, whose district represents parts of Jackson County Uh, under that legislation ticket sales would be exempt from sales taxes as apparently I didn't realize this it's a prerequisite for cities applying to be a FIFA World Cup host city so that's kind of interesting that's kind of cool and I just wanted to mention the 2026 FIFA World Cup features a record 104 matches the host city is expected to see up to 620 million in economic activity as a result of those matches and i just think that this is going to be a great economic boom for the state of missouri for the kansas city metropolitan region being put again on
0: a world stage yeah big win for us anthony moribeth at the capitol great stuff this week thanks for keeping us uh, up to date and uh and you made it. Congratulations. You made it to the finish line. Get some uh, well-deserved rest.
1: <laughs> I will absolutely try and do that. I'll, I'll I'll be sure to sleep more than 5 hours this time.
0: Yeah, that's good. All right. Hey, we're just rolling here. We'll be back with more on Show Me Today, the Voice of Missouri.
6: Show Me Today.
0: We all
7: make choices about
0: alcohol. Kids make choices whether
7: to drink or not.
8: Bye dad. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over.
0: Oh, hey. Uh- Remind me about that party again.
7: And adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations, and they want honest answers in everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path, because when you talk, they hear you. Learn more at underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
5: I'll be here to hear what's on your mind.
7: As an adult, kids want to know you're listening to them, but they also want to listen to you. When it comes to alcohol, they want to know your expectations and how and why to avoid underage drinking. Talking early and often about it in everyday conversations reinforces your message and keeps lines of communication open. For more information, visit underagedrinkingsamsagovernor
3: be by your side.
7: Over the past few years, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected how we live our daily lives. Today, one in five Americans experience emotional and mental health challenges, but many of us do not understand what we are facing or how to ask for help. At the American Psychiatric Association Foundation, we work every day to eliminate stigma, combat mental illness, and substance use disorders, and advance mental health.
6: If you or
7: someone you love needs help, you are not alone. Please visit MentallyHealthyNation.org to learn more.
8: I see you finally got a new helmet! I did. Bought it cheap
4: online. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me. We'll turn off here.
8: I'm right behind you.
4: Watch the
6: cars. They can be crazy.
8: Patty! No! Are you okay? Somebody knew something!
6: Was this young man hit by a car?
8: Yes, and his helmet is
3: smashed. It's a brand new
8: helmet!
7: It's probably a fake. Fakes cause real harm. You're smart, buy smart. Brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the U.S. Patent
6: and Trademark Office.
0: Glad you're back with us here on Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. And we're going to talk with Sandy Selby from Missouri Life Magazine. They've come up with, as they have made travels across the state, uh, hidden gems in every county of Missouri. Now, we're not going to go through. Sandy, welcome. How many counties are there? There are 114. 114. Okay, I was going to say 120. So, all right. Uh, You bailed me out there. Well, we're not going to do all uh, 114 of them, but we're going to... Uh, pick some of them, and and you know over the course of uh, you know the next year or so, we can always come back and and touch on a, a couple more of these, some things that kind of uh, jump out to us. Um, let's jump right in uh, because the first one that uh, caught my eye is in Buchanan County, the psychiatric museum. What in the world?
3: I know it's um, <laughs> it's interesting, it's educational, it's a little creepy, it, you know physical medicine and psychiatric medicine both uh, traveled some very strange roads to get where we are today and so not everything that they practiced on people 100 years ago or so would be good practice today and it's kind of frightening some of the things that that people went through so it's uh it's really interesting to um to check out that place and it's in St. Joseph's um so up in the the northwest corner of the state and um, worth a drive.
0: Yeah, and um, I mean, did they do lobotomies? Do they go through lobotomies there? And-
3: well, they have a um, they show a surgery suite where lobotomies were performed, <laughs> and um, so this is all in the former state lunatic asylum number two. Uh, so it is in a former mental hospital. And then they show you some of the rooms where these procedures actually took place.
0: Not to put you on the spot, Sandy, but where was State Lunatic Asylum Number One?
3: I, I'm, well, I really don't know.
0: <laughs> Wasn't it? Was it in Buchanan know, County? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was know. somewhere else uh, around the state. I'm sure they didn't pack uh, both the uh, <laughs> lunatic asylums in Buchanan County, but. <laughs> Well, I hope not. Sandy Selby joining us from Missouri Life Magazine, talking about hidden gems, fun places to go in each of the counties, and we're highlighting some of those. Uh, In Davies County, there's the Squirrel Cage Jail. Uh, Were squirrels out of hand back then, or what?
3: (laughs) Well, no, I think that it is an interesting concept for a jail. It's kind of built in round, so each cell is kind of pie-shaped. And there was only one door, so the jail itself turns, and so only one prisoner at a time could go out the door. They would just turn the cells around to where your cell was was at the door, and then they could let that prisoner out. So it was a pretty secure setup, and I believe they had um, eight um, little wedge-shaped cells in that scroll cage jail, and and I think there's very few of them left, just, um, maybe a couple in the United States still.
0: So it was kind of like a like a revolving door almost.
3: It, it was, except that the building revolved around the door.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know just uh, trying to go through some hotels or revolving doors, I feel like I'm in a prison that I can't get out of them. So yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's an interesting setup. I didn't even know those uh, existed. I'd, I'd never heard of that before.
3: I know. This seems like a lot of work to go through, but apparently it was considered escape proof.
0: Yeah. Where uh, was it? Did it prove to, did that prove to be the case, or were people... Well, uh...
3: I, I, as far as I know, it, yes, it was. And this is in Davies County, so uh, it's near... It's in Gallatin, Missouri.
0: Okay. All right. That's good. We'll check out the Squirrel Cage Jail. That's kind of unique. Uh, talking about the hidden gems in Missouri, in uh, Howard County, there's the Morrison Observatory. Uh, which is owned by Central Methodist University.
3: Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, if you want to go see the stars, it's a beautiful place to go do it. Uh, A big telescope that, um, you know, they set up events there or you can uh, make appointments. There's public viewing sessions uh, and really interesting and, you know, not always something that people can access. So um, if you want to get a expansive view of the night sky that's the place to go
0: yeah i'm sure they had to have had a a a big crowd when we had the what was it the total solar eclipse lunar eclipse a couple years ago
3: it was a solar eclipse yeah yeah, just a few years ago so i'm sure they did
0: yeah hidden gems across the state of missouri uh in mercer county there's the chloe lowry marsh tell us about that
3: you know well, what I love about that, well, first of all, there's not much in Mercer County, to be honest. It's it's really agriculture land. You Where know, is Mercer it County? Is. It's way up north, um, kind of on the near the Iowa border. Yeah. And so we kind of had to search for a hidden gem there. But what we found was this wonderful little conservation area, this marsh. And there is a plant that blooms, and I will probably mispronounce this, but it's a closed gentian. Uh, it's a little purple flower, very beautiful, but the bloom never opens. It stays closed all the time. Uh, but bees somehow wriggle their way into the blooms. So just watching the bees and all the acrobatics they go through to get to that pollen is fun. Uh, and the the marsh itself is, you know, it's just a very peaceful. A place to relax and truly get away from it all.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the article on missourilife.com and it is, it's a real, I don't want to say flower because it hasn't flowered, but these buds are just a deep purple color. Really pretty. They are. Yeah. yeah. They are very pretty. Alright, you discovered a, a new gem in Nottaway County. Uh, it's the Northwest Missouri Moon Festival.
3: Right. there, uh, I did not know. They have um, kind of a a famous musician there. Um, he was John Marriott was his name, and he was a recording artist in Nashville in the 80s. And he wrote a song called Missouri Moon. And so, in his honor, they called it the Missouri Moon Festival there in Nottaway County, which is Maryville. And so they have live music and and um, all sorts of activities for kids and adults. And it's it's been a lot of fun for them. And they, they had their first one in 2022. And they're going to be having another one in 2023 um, this summer. So uh, if you go to Northwest Missouri Moon Festival dot, uh, well, on their Facebook page, you'll find it and all the details and the dates and the lineup of bands and such.
0: Let's see if we can uh, find that song, Missouri Moon, before we uh, end this segment. See if we can track that down, and we'll, we'll play that at the end. Sandy Selby is joining us from Missouri Life Magazine, Hidden Gems. Uh, we've got a couple more minutes. Uh, in fact, we've, uh, we've had the people from the Nicholas Beasley Aviation Museum in Saline County. Um, you know, everybody thinks the Wright Brothers and uh, all that, but the, the flight took a, a big part here in Missouri. Missouri played a big part in human flight.
3: Absolutely, they did. And, and I'm proud to say Saline County is my home county. And, and I've been to Nicholas Beasley a couple of times. It's a fine museum. And really, you're going to be surprised at the amount of innovation, um, with flight that took place here. And they do have some, uh, parts that were made here at the Nicholas Beasley factory that were on the spirit of St. Louis on Charles Lindbergh's plane. So um, we had a a big role to play in in aviation history right here in mid-Missouri.
0: Yeah, that is a cool place to check out. Definitely uh, head over to Saline County for the Aviation Museum. And uh, we'll finish up uh, in Adair County in uh, downtown Kirksville, America's oldest record store.
3: This is one I had never heard about, and we have ambassadors that help the magazine out from all over the state, and my ambassador in Adair County said, we have America's oldest record store. Really? In Kirksville, And they do. This Reinhardt's music has been in business since 1897, and... They've sold records, and now they sell you know CDs and games and um, all sorts of things. But they started with wax cylinder recordings and uh, sheet music back in, in 1897. So pretty interesting place to visit and get some get some musical history.
0: I I love this show. I love hosting this show because I learn something new every day. That is really cool. That we have America's oldest record store here in Missouri. Well, speaking of records, we were able to find John Marriott's Missouri Moon. Well, we just scratched the surface, Sandy, on the number of hidden gems. we got to try to touch on all of these counties. We've got to make that a goal of ours.
3: I would love to. I, I love talking about them. It. it was a remarkable project. If you want to hear uh,
0: more of this, if you uh, tuned in late, you can subscribe to our podcast. Go to Apple or wherever you find your podcast and search for Show Me Today. And you can also find their article on the hidden gems in Missouri by going to missourilife.com. Sandy Selby from Missouri Life Magazine, great catching up with you. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, Bill. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri.
5: When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not.
4: Because vaping can put
5: microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine,
4: the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes.
0: Nicotine can harm a
5: person's brain development through their mid-20s.
4: Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth.
2: And many kids also use
6: other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices.
4: With appealing flavors, high
8: nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media.
6: Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not.
8: So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you.
7: For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
9: Email from school. about the incident today? Gary. Tell me about it. Did you have any idea that was going on?
4: None. I mean, you saw Derek at the game last night too. Did you have a clue?
9: No. But you know, teachers like me, parents, we don't always know as much as you guys do. Kids hear first about what's going on with other kids.
4: Half the time, it's rumors.
9: It can be hard to tell sometimes. But if you're ever concerned about a friend who's having trouble with alcohol, prescription drugs, bullying, violence, anything, you need to tell an adult.
0: back on show me today elisa nelson is here with a former state prisoner who is touting a new program designed to boost successful outcomes for those who leave and enter the real world elisa's with trey dawson of
6: columbia for me i it's the social transition i think that was the most important um key to you know my re-entry and, and that's what's important to me getting a job and staying employed and kind of doing them things, why that is very, very, very important. For me, it was about relationships. It was about building authentic relationships and and basically changing my language, changing the way that I thought, changing the way that I spoke. You know, so many times we get out of prison and we're... uh, We think we need to teach the community, the society, wherever we go back to our language. And to be honest, 99 point what? They say 6% of the population that has no idea how we lived aren't interested in learning our language. The way we speak, I mean literally speak, they have no idea what we're talking about and quite frankly it might make people uncomfortable so I for me it was changing my language changing the way that i moved changing the way that and see I just did it there said changing the way that I moved and people that that have no idea what I'm talking about they're like change the way that you move do you mean the way that you walk that's not what I mean so in prison when we say the way you move it's the way you act so move is act so there's that's a prime example of of this language that's kind of just embedded in me Um, it's like learn in Spanish. It's so much easier to learn Spanish if you go to Mexico. Whereas if you was to go to college and learn it, I, I could take six months of Spanish in college and not learn as much as if I was to go to Mexico for three weeks, right? So it's about learning a different language.
4: Okay. So you talked about, um, what you mean by moving, but what other stuff do you mean by social language, um, that prisoners uh
6: have so are we so we're talking about just basic language here right so uh, on a bit right when people say on a bit like bit that's speaking of like you know how long you stayed in prison or how long you had to do um there's so many of them uh what type of time you on you know just little language stuff that we learn in the way that we communicate the 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 language is totally different there's so many that i could that i could probably think of i could probably write a book on 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 the language of prison but yeah it's about just kind of unlearning a lot of behaviors that you know served us well when we were incarcerated let's just say you know we had to learn to adapt and i think that's you know we talk about coping skills and we talk about, you know, uh, Dan Hannikin, who is our director at Into Action, talks about how well, you know, everybody wants to say, you know, that that, that when we, you know, people go into services and, you know, where there is, the, the, don't get it wrong, there is a place for, you know, clinical stuff, but what we really try to focus on in Into Action is that social, that social model of recovery.
4: Okay, so let's talk about why you went to prison, how long you went to prison for.
6: So I've been to prison a few different times, um, five I believe in total. Uh, in Utah, I went to prison for aggravated robbery. In Missouri, I went to prison for theft. Uh, I, I, you know, I had a bad heroin addiction, and um, it's hard to keep a job when you're on heroin. So I needed to support that addiction by any means necessary, and um, that mean for me was was stealing from stores. So and then just you know conning and returning stuff and just living a total life of deceit
4: how difficult has it been um to deal with your drug addiction now that you're
6: out i i i mean i feel like i should say it's been hard but it hasn't you know my my faith is a big part of my story and I have literally lost the desire to use drugs and alcohol. It's not like I'm sitting here quenching my teeth and gritting my, you know, gritting my teeth or quenching my fists and trying to... That, that would be a horrible way to live. I don't even think about it anymore. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, I, I did some time in prison and I didn't use drugs and I, my brain was able to kind of reset. And I, I remember, you know, for so long, I told myself, you know, I started using heroin when I was 25, and I, I poly drugged youth with a lot of different things, you know, meth and heroin, and I don't know that there's a drug I, I haven't done. But I always told myself if I could just feel well, I could be okay. And when we're talking about heroin, uh, feeling well is just, you know, getting off sick and, and just kind of feeling normal. It, being sober now, being clean is, to me, like, I guess kind of like being high because I never experienced it before. So it, I, I, I just, I don't have a desire to use it. I've already went to the fair. I've got a t-shirt. I came, I broke down in the parking lot. I got gas and I made it back home. Why would I go back out and, 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 and attempt to and attempt to do it again? I've already been there. I've done it. I didn't miss out on anything, right? And I made it back alive. And that's, 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 the, that's, the, that's the reality of it now. People aren't making it back alive. That's That's the hard truth of it. Um, and then, and it's, but it, it's the relationships. I cannot stress that enough, how important that them authentic relationships and doing things like this and going back into the prisons and talking to them guys, working it into action, you know, with these guys that are coming out of prison. What would I look like going back to prison myself now from everything that I've done? Right. I, I, I can't, I, so that accountability is a key factor in my sobriety.
4: Now, what are you doing now that you're out of prison?
6: So, you know, anybody that knows my story knows that Puppies for Parole was a big part of my life. Dogs were a big part of my life. And little did I know that Interaction did too, but how Puppies for Parole would change the trajectory of my life. And uh, opened up my own business, Backyard Canine, which is a dog training company in Columbia, Missouri. Um, also work at Burl Behavioral Health, where I'm the peer specialist on the act team. So I get to work with, with people from the age of 16 to 26 years of age with co-occurring disorders. So kind of like a life coach, I kind of get in everybody's lane a little bit and get to do everything from budgeting, financing, housing. Um, I get to do that real p- peer sport that 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 peer support uh, piece that's really important and then also I you know my 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 love is I'm, I'm the activities coordinator at into action so I get to do the float trips camping trips I get to plan for events local fundraisers and things like that so I get to get the guys and I really get to implement that social model of recovery float trips is is a key thing you wouldn't believe how many guys get out of prison and come to into action and you know we're going on a float trip in two days and Uh, So it's their first time and I really feel like I said and I'm so passionate about that social transition and how important that is
4: Okay, um, so into action uh, talk to me about just to clarify what that is and then you're talking about this the social recovery uh, um, Helping with into action and then your peer support work how key have those been and actually helping others how key has that been um, during your time on the
6: outside? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about uh, it's all about giving to others what was so freely given to you. I, I couldn't do what I'm doing now without giving back. I mean, it was given to me, and that's that's what's so special about Into Action. Um, so Into Action is a housing opportunity um, for men that get out of prison. Um, anywhere from six months to you know a few years we have a lot of different phases in our program yeah it's it's so uh it's so hard for me to to put into action into words and and and, you know our motto is uh community first uh, where community matters so if you haven't heard about into action, it's, you know, I in number two action. If you haven't heard about it, it's in Columbia, Missouri. And I, I cannot stress enough um, how important that program is to our community and how important it is to Missouri. Trey Dawson
4: of Columbia joining show me today. I'm Elisa Nelson. So I'm curious about opening your own business. Did you do that? Because you, that's what you wanted to do, you had decided that's what you want to do when you get out. Did you do it Did you, because you ran into roadblocks trying to find employment uh, uh, with another business? And how has having your own business, being an ex-con, do you, do you deal with people seeing you as an ex-con, basically? Do you run into those challenges? That's
6: a great question. And it's so funny because that's what you would think. But everybody loves a success story. Everybody loves that cinderella story Um, everybody loves that underdog story and you know backyard canine was not something that was planned it was just kind of a a, an airplane that i that i built as i flew as i flew it Um, i started going to dog parks with one of our house dogs job um, which is a a huge part of my story and that's a that's a story for another time he's a little pit mix that's at our house shiloh at into action and i would take him to the dog parks and i would have people uh, just talk to me. And say, hey, how did you do that? How did you do this? And I just started to, I would eventually be that guy at the dog park. I would just, you know, walk up on people and start talking to them. Maybe I was seeing something they did wrong. Maybe they said they said, you know, they were saying down when they needed to say off, or I was seeing they were having an issue, you know, leash, you know, getting some leash walking right up to the gate, and I would just just offer my advice, and one thing turned into another, and people started calling me, and and Backyard Canine just kind of took form in that direction, and no, I have never, and I'm really transparent about my story up front, especially when people call me to do an assessment, and I tell them, you know, have you heard about Backyard Canine? Have you heard about how it got started? Well, let me share that with you and that's the first thing I tell them and I've never had one person tell me you know I'm not really comfortable with this I mean I got people giving me their you know garage code key codes and letting me in their house and uh, you know I'm in there working not only with them but with the entire family on how to train a dog if anything I think it's more attractive than someone
4: is Backyard K9 online? It
6: is, it is. You guys can like us on Facebook, Backyard K9. So it's backyard K and a nine, all one word. Dot com. Facebook's a big one too. We're really, our, our presence on Facebook's really big, so. Trey Dawson, thank you for your
3: time. This is Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. I drive my bus in a busy city. That's why road safety is so important to me. I know that I must slow down and be extra careful when I make a wide turn. Buses need more room than cars everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're driving, remember to give buses plenty of time and space to finish turning before driving ahead. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov.
7: I've been driving trucks for a long time. And safety is my number one priority. I know that my truck has huge blind spots. That's why I remember to check my mirrors often for smaller vehicles. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're behind the wheel, try to avoid lingering in those blind spots. It can be dangerous. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov.
0: The first three years of every child's life are critical. Learn more about early intervention. How your baby or toddler plays, learns, talks, acts, and moves give important clues as to how they are developing. If you have any questions or concerns about whether your baby or toddler's development is on track, please call 1-800-515-BABY. That's 1-800-515-2229. Call 1-800-515-BABY. That's 1-800-515-2229.
8: Mom and Dad used to argue about everything, especially about Dad's drinking. My family went from totally crazy to quiet, calm, and even peaceful when Mom started going to Al-Anon family groups. I wanted a better relationship with Dad, so I asked Mom if she would take me to her Al-Anon meetings, or to Alateen. I'm sure glad I did. If someone's drinking troubling you, you might be surprised at what you can learn in an Al-Anon or
4: Alateen family group, from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-AL-ANON, or go to alanon.org.
7: Office.
6: Do you worry about how much
4: someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved?
5: Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking?
4: If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone
5: trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alatine can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org/help.
0: We're back on Show Me Today. Summer is coming, end of school, and many parents struggle with how do we keep the kids busy? What do we do with child care? That's where summer camp can be a great alternative, Uh, but that's becoming difficult as the cost to send your kids to camp go up. Kimberly Palmer from NerdWallet is here again. Kimberly, I bet this one uh, is right up your wheelhouse. You've got young kids.
6: Uh,
8: Exactly. I have three young kids. They all go to camp and it is so expensive. It adds up really quickly. So I really wrote this article because I needed some answers myself.
0: Yeah. Well, what's driving up the costs of summer camp?
8: It's really connected to the overall environment we're in right now of inflation. Basically, for camps, everything is more expensive for them. Their food, their labor, the travel, insurance, all of their costs are going up. And so that means they then have to turn around and charge more for their campers. And of course, that's when parents really feel it. And you can see, even comparing from the previous years, how the prices have gone up.
0: Wow. Well, I feel for you with three of them that you have to get ready for camp. In your latest article, How to Make Summer Camp More Affordable, you share tips from camp experts. And the first tip, pretty much like anything, if you're looking for a flight or a hotel, book early.
8: That's right. And this is actually something I didn't realize, but camps actually reserve some discounted spots, but they get taken up very early. And we're talking the summer before. And so that means this coming August, you can look toward the next summer for summer 2024 to grab those discounted spots if you're eligible for them. And it's just something to keep in mind that... I mean, that's almost a year in advance of planning out your summer. But if you really want to get the best deal and get those spots that are discounted or, in some cases, even free, you do have to plan ahead.
0: Yeah, you can already start working on 2024. Uh, you also suggest uh, asking about incentives.
8: Yes. In some cases, there are some incentives that are available, and it really varies by camp. But what it's important to know is that the way you pay... Uh, can make a difference. And so CAMPS actually offer some extra incentives if you're paying by check instead of a credit card. And that is because it saves them paying the credit card fees if you pay by check or paying directly from your bank account. You can do that digitally. So basically, you want to check for those incentives when you are paying because you might actually save a s- significant amount of money, especially if it gives you a percentage off your final bill.
0: Kimberly Palmer from NerdWallet, how to make summer camp more affordable. And as we talked about, you have three kids. Do summer camps, will they offer discounts for multiple kids?
8: They often do. Unfortunately, the ones my kids attend do not for some reason. (laughs) But I think it's really worth asking about because you can get a sibling discount in a lot of cases. And another thing to know is that in many cases, discounts aren't advertised. So you actually have to ask the camp director. So don't hesitate to send that email or just make that call to ask what discounts are available because in some cases, they're not posting them publicly. So you might actually have to do a little bit of work to find them.
0: And you also suggest to beware of hidden costs. What will camps try to sneak into these total costs for camp?
8: (laughs) Well, often you find after you've signed up for camp that there are some extra costs for things that you didn't consider, specific activities that your kids are interested in. For example, horseback riding or water skiing at a camp might cost extra. Uh, Field trips can cost extra. Some camps use uniforms and that also costs extra. And so you just want to make sure you understand what you're getting into and ask those questions up front because it's frustrating to think you're paying one fee and then suddenly you get stuck with some additional costs.
0: And then uh, you also... Also suggest um, exploring lesser-known options.
8: There are so many different camps out there. It's not just about the for-profit model. You can find nonprofits, camps run by service organizations, faith-based camps. Often there's subsidies available. And actually the American Camp Association has a really helpful tool on their website called Find a Camp. You can enter certain things that you might be looking for and it can come up with all of your options that you might not have even heard of. And in some cases, uh, for example, in my area, there's really popular Girl Scout camp that has great discounts. And so you might get some ideas that you hadn't previously considered.
0: Can you, can you haggle with these camps when you sign up? I know you suggested. You know, asking about incentives, um, you know, can you, can you price shop? Can you go from camp to camp and say, Hey, look, you're, you're charging this. I I could go here, but do you have any negotiating power with that? Or are they, they pretty firm with that stuff?
8: You actually do have negotiating power in certain situations. So if you're looking at a camp that is overbooked month in advance, it's super popular. You won't have much power there. But in some cases, camps are just building their business. Maybe there, it's a newer camp. Maybe they're trying to build a certain type of camp, like a certain sport that they're trying to, to, to build up that program in. That's when you get the best discounts. So that's why I would really encourage people to call and ask because sometimes you don't realize what, what kind of discounts or what deals are available to you. So never hesitate to make that call, especially if you're doing it well in advance, because like we talked about at the beginning, those those really the best discounts really go quickly. And camps usually reserve a certain number of those discounted
0: spots. Kimberly Palmer from Nerd Wallet: how to make summer camps more affordable. Your last tip, and I think we as parents could always do a better job of this, but using summer camp as a way to teach your kids the the value of money.
8: It's such a good conversation to have because when you are paying a significant amount of money for your child to go to camp, you just want to make sure they appreciate that and they understand and maybe even work toward it or do chores around the house to help earn it just to make sure they're really understanding that sacrifice and that cost because it's really easy for kids to not realize what's going on behind the scenes and what you're paying.
0: Yeah, you should uh, get them ready and have Camp Palmer and uh, teach them how to keep the house clean and do some yard work and...
8: Oh, we're doing that. That's already going on. It's in progress.
0: (laughs) Well done. Uh, Kimberly Palmer from NerdWallet, her latest article, How to Make Summer Camp More Affordable. To uh, read up more on this, how can people find your stuff?
8: You can find me at NerdWallet.com and also at Twitter at Kimberly Palmer.
0: All right. Well, have a great uh, Memorial Weekend, and we'll talk to you again in June.
8: Thank you so much.
0: Yep. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri.
8: Show me today.